hello, hello. I am Matt Williamson at Williamson NFL. This is a Locked On NFL podcast. How is everyone doing this fine Monday? Super Bowl week. Um, for those of you who don't know, um, I write for a lot of different outlets, and I was at ESPN for 10 years before that. I was a scout for the Browns before that. I was director of football operations for the University of Akron's football team before that. And I was the recruiting assistant at the University of Pittsburgh, which is my hometown, for three years before that. Um, we've been doing this, this podcast for quite some time now. Please spread the word. Do me a favor. Run to iTunes. Leave me a review. We haven't been getting as many reviews lately. I know some of you have thought about it and just haven't done it. Go do it for me, please. Okay, it is Super Bowl week. However, today is going to be geared towards last day of Senior Bowl talk. And we had great guest, Jonah, on to talk about Senior Bowl week. And this will overlap, but I watched the game pretty thoroughly. And just some names I wanted you guys to be familiar with, too. And we'll start with the quarterbacks. Let's go position by position, get a couple of names out there. Um, Kyle Lalata was the MVP of this game. And he really grew on me throughout the week. Efficient, quick release, supposedly very bright. I think, I wonder if he's a high-end backup at the next level or, you know, the more I watched him, the more I thought, maybe this guy can be, not Alex Smith, but, I mean, a, a game manager, move the chains, smart Nowhere to go with the football, good timing and rhythm passer in a year or two, two or three years probably. So he was impressive. I mean, he, he's, uh, I'm glad that I'm learning more about this guy. I think he's a name that we all should know. Josh Allen was, you know, along with Baker Mayfield, the biggest name there. And my, what I wanted to say about him was, I know a lot of people have been very hard on him. His completion percentage is too low. He's not good enough. He's not a franchise quarterback. You can't consider him at the top of the draft. He's a project. And I'm not disagreeing with a lot of that. However, what I certainly noticed was he sure seemed to get better as the week went on in practice. He certainly got much better in this game coming back in the second half. Holy cow, can he throw it. He's built like Carson Wentz. He's a great athlete. And maybe he's going to be a little sporadic. And I think the Wentz comparisons are a little off. I mean, to me, he's almost Cam Newton as a thrower. You know, just a power passer. But maybe even more accurate than Newton was at this stage of his career. And upside to get better. I know that people believe that if you're not an accurate passer, you're never going to be. And there might be some truth to that, and Newton kind of holds that, that candle as well. But, you know, he's a very good thrower of the football. He's not as mechanically unsound as a guy like Newton. So I'm not on board that this guy is going to be a 55% passer in the NFL. But I do think the biggest note I really wanted to give you guys, though, is he kept getting better every step of the process and he wanted to be out there and he wanted the ball in the, in the second half. I think there's a lot to be said for that. The Balage kid running back from Arizona state almost looks not quite Brandon Jacobs or Derrick Henry, but he is a big, good looking cat. And from what I understand, he's going to test really well. He wasn't much of a factor 
this past year catching the ball, but really showed this week and yesterday that he can, or Saturday, that he can be a factor doing that. I've heard some compare him to David Johnson, and I'm not ready to go there, that's for sure. That's for sure. I also, the more research I've done on him, I don't know that he plays as big as he looks as an interior runner. I mean, there's some Latavis Murray to him in that regard. I don't know that he's a great vision player with the ball in his hands and setting up blocks and those type of things, but he is really intriguing, that's for sure. Some wide receivers to talk about. James Washington kind of universally was regarded as the best receiver at the game at Mobile. Big, strong body type, physical after the catch, looked faster than people thought. Um, pretty good separator, and you know he'll, he won't be wide open in the NFL. I'm not suggesting that, but he looks the part of a maybe first round pick type wideout to me. And I, I think we'll start. You know, when you start seeing mocks and people talking about him, I haven't really seen his name in the in the first round. Not that I pay a whole lot of attention to a lot of those, but I think that we'll see that more and more. Uh, he looks like a top fifty pick to me easily, and. Stock could really be on the rise, especially if he runs well at the Combine. Colorado State, Michael Gallup. This guy looks like a Robert Woods. You know, a really good number two receiver all day long. Productive, professional receiver. Was really impressed with him. Good route runner. Um, still has upside, but he's not an elite physical specimen, not an elite athlete, not a great size-speed combination. But he looks like a professional starting wide receiver, and there's a lot to be said for that. DJ Chark from LSU really shined in this game, and kind of like Allen, but even more so, and this one makes a lot of sense, is he got better and better every day. And he got better throughout the week. And LSU traditionally doesn't throw the ball much. You know, it's not, but they recruit really well. Like, you could see this guy being a highly recruited player. I mean, the body, the way he moves, his explosion, that you look at Chark and say, I bet that he could have went this right anywhere he wanted, probably shows that LSU, I actually don't know if he was a four-star recruit or five-star recruit, but LSU doesn't bring in one-star recruits. But they don't exactly develop receivers real well either. And they kind of had a fluky offense this year and, you know, run heavy for net and, you know, a stable of running backs, guys. Um, so you could see, and, and, and that's what I was excited about, was it looked like he took the coaching at the practices, got better and better, that he's probably a prospect on the rise, in my opinion. A guy I haven't heard many people talk about is Notre Dame tight end Durham Smythe. And he had a nice play in this one. He caught a touchdown. He looks like a better athlete than people seem to give him credit for. I think he caught like 12 passes or something at Notre Dame. But he's a good blocker. He has size. I think he's a pretty fluid mover. Like, I'm not talking about a first-round pick here, but as a guy that's been kind of overlooked and not talked about, and it really isn't a real good tight end year overall, um, it wouldn't blow me away if he's a third or fourth-round pick and ends up starting quite a few games in his career. I, I think Smythe is intriguing. Two offensive linemen of note, Isaiah Wynn from Georgia. And we can talk about everybody. It's just, I'm just pulling out some names that I wanted to talk about. Wynn was a tackle at Georgia and was a dominant guard this week. Um, he looks like 
plug and play. Like I, I, you guys know, you know, we Joan on on Friday, and we I've been working with NDT Scouting. And here's a good way to describe Win is over the weekend, Joe Marino, one of the other scouts at NDT, did a mock draft, and I critiqued it, and he mocked Win going. 31st, 32nd, we don't know who that pick's going to be, to Minnesota. Or no, I'm sorry, I guess it would be 30 or 29, whatever. The end of the first round, he had win going to Minnesota at the end of the first round. And my critique on it was perfect. I mean, like, this is ideal for player and team and barring injury. This looks like a plug-and-play starter slash 10-year starter, you know, just solid as could be. That's who I think he is, and, and that's great. And in, in a pinch, he can play tackle for you, but that's not what, you know, that's not ideal. That's what's interesting about this Austin Corbett dude, too, is he played all five positions during the week, and most seem to think his best spot is center, but I would say guard is probably equal. But he could also play tackle, I mean, if you have an injury. I think this guy's a second-round pick, give or take, that... Probably his first season is immediately your sixth guy on game day. That if basically anyone gets hurt on game day, you plug him in. And then someone will leave in free agency or he'll become a starter in week 12. And he'll be tough to get out of the lineup probably on the interior. So I really liked what I saw from him. All right. Over to the defense. And handful of names. Andrew Brown from Virginia has me all stoked up. This dude was a five-star recruit. Smart. I think he's he stayed at Virginia where they used him as like a two-gapper. And you look at him and you're like, man, this dude's Fletcher Cox. I mean, this guy is explosive. He thrived in this environment being able to be an attacking player. Odd choice to go to Virginia. Maybe he just loved the school. I mean, it's an awesome school. I mean, or maybe that's close to home or loved the coaching staff, but was misused there. And I think he's a lot more intriguing after a senior bowl. This is why, this, you know, something like the senior bowl is so good is because you get to see them do things that might fit their skill set even better. And I think he was ideal for that. Um, another dude that stood out, unfortunately, we didn't see him for the whole week, is Fort Valley State's Nathan Shepard. He was unblockable early in practice. You know, the, 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 I obviously didn't know anything about him. I'm not going to pretend like I have a, a detailed history of Shepard, you know, from Fort Valley State or watched him at any point. But, man, he was throwing people around, broke his hand early in the week, and by all reports should be fine for the combine. I think he's a name that could end, could end up in the second day, Shepard. I think Andrew Brown might be a first-round pick, by the way. I should have said that. I mean, like, I'm watching this guy, I'm like, why is anyone calling him a first-round pick? I mean, I bet the NFL loves this dude. Um, two edge players I wanted to mention. Auburn and I, uh, Double O from Oklahoma. I am I will learn the name. I'm not even close to knowing it, obviously. Um, edge player. Short, but long arms. 245 pounds-ish. Productive. Tough. I think he's a 3-4 outside linebacker. Like, a lot of people talk about this guy like, well, we got to move him off the ball. He's not big enough. I think he could be outside and, you know, because of his long arms, play bigger than he is, maybe put another five pounds of muscle on him. And I'm not saying he's a James Harrison-like build, but, you know, you don't have to be 
DeMarcus Ware off the edge, and some shorter dudes that are leverage players have succeeded at this level. I don't know if I could use the first-round pick on him, um, but he had a very successful week. Intriguing. I mean, I think I'd like him as part of a rotation. Maybe he's K.J. Wright. You know, maybe he's a lineup over the tight end, drop into coverage a fair amount, play the run, rush the passer a little more than Wright. I'm, I'm interested with him, I mean, and I'm curious where he lands. Marcus Davenport was the big name going in here. He's going to be a top 10 pick. And really struggled early on. I mean, it looked like it was bull rush or nothing. Looked uncomfortable. Sounds like he's not a soup, that he's a real chill, laid back dude, which is fine. It's just a note there. But got much better. I mean, his last practice was his best one, was making plays in games. I do, I do think, though, that in some ways he was a little bit exposed as he has a lot of work to do with pass rushing technique in, you know, putting a, a repertoire together. I also saw him playing kind of high too at times. I don't think, I think he can play low and he just needs to be more consistent with his pad level. I think you got to talk about Shaquem Griffin. Um, he's the young man that is missing his left hand. Um, by the way, he doesn't have a combine invite, which is crazy. Maybe by the time we listen to this, it will. Are they going to have him bench? <laughs> I mean, does he bench press in college? I mean, I'm curious. I mean, I'm just, does he have an apparatus he can put on his hand in order to hold the bar better? and Or are they just going to tell him he doesn't have to with the combine? I don't know. Just another note. And I know we talked about him, and we talked about some of these players on Friday, but just watching him again in the game. He's all over the place, man. I mean, I think you want him on your team. I think in today's NFL, pigeonholing players that this is what he is is less important than ever. That if you have a smart, energetic, athletic dude like this, that one week he might be playing tight ends. One week he might be rushing off the edge situationally. One week he might be dropping somewhat deep into coverage. I'm not saying he's Ed Reed. Um, but just use them situationally in a variety of ways as well as excelling on special teams. And I think this guy helps you win. Darius Leonard is similar, another small school guy with really good range, really good production, was making plays in this game. I think he's much more of a pure second-level player, more like a 4-3 will, or these 3-4 teams will have an, an, a, an inside guy that is really a run-and-hit player. Um, maybe he's an Alex Barron type as well that can, you know, be pretty good in coverage. But I think Leonard's going to be a productive pro. Uh, two defensive backs that I wanted to mention and then wrap it up. Isaac Yidem from Boston College. Didn't get a lot of pub. But this guy looks was definitely one of the best corners there and most impressive corners there. He looks like a second-day pick to me all day long. I've had a hard time diagnosing major weaknesses with him and I've read some scouting reports and you know he's not the most explosive he's not the fastest he's not the strongest but he looks like a really solid all-around corner without massive weaknesses which is a great way to enter the league Jeremy Reeves plays his college ball in Mobile South Alabama this guy he had a pick that was basically thrown right to him but I really like I think he's a name that you're going to be hearing a lot more of. I think he might be a free safety. I think he might be a Malcolm Jenkins type that, you know, was corner background, versatile safety, cover the slot, blitzer, 
has some physicality to him. Maybe he's just a flat-out corner. But Jeremy Reeves from South Alabama is somebody that's very much on my radar now. He's probably maybe a second-day pick, um, who's, I think, star is going to shine a little more. And, you know, the, 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 the draft Twitter world is getting more familiar with him. Where, of course, the scouts, you know, your, your southern scout that does Auburn and Bama and went into South Alabama has been very familiar with Jeremy Reeves. I and mean, now we all are, too. I mean, believe it or not, we're behind the NFL on these things. So, that's going to do it. I don't know what I'm going to do for Tuesday. Um, Mike will be on on Wednesday. Thursday will be Twitter Thursday. And Friday's going to be Super Bowl Barrage. Um, one thing I might do tomorrow is the Locked On Network, all of us NFLers did our votes for uh, awards, you know, MVP, Defense Player of the Year, all those things. So I might, I'll, I'll reveal that to you tomorrow, and maybe I'll piggyback that into my awards, you know, of what would I have, who did I pick, and who was the consensus on the entire Locked On Network. So that's a, probably a pretty good chance of that being tomorrow. Uh, I'm sure there'll be some Super Bowl news and notes to chat about too in that time so that's gonna do it over and out see you